Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week we are talking with Rhonda Chamberlain about her experience giving birth with a midwife. Rhonda is one of our guest experts in our mommy mentorship program and if you've been listening to some of our earlier episodes you'll recognize Rhonda from episode 13 where she talks about her career as a prenatal and postpartum fitness coach. It is a great episode if you really enjoy fitness because it will help you out on your fitness journey now that you're having a baby. Rhonda also has a lot of wonderful tips on her Instagram account. She is at Rhonda Chamberlain PT. If you like this episode or you know someone who might be interested in listening to it, please share with your friends. And if you're sharing on social media, don't forget to tag us. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Here's this week's episode. So both of us had OBs and you had two midwives, right? Correct. Did you have the same midwife both times? One of them was the same. And then with the second one, the other, so you, you're assigned to, um, the second midwife, uh, was on like a sabbatical kind of thing. So then another one took her spot, but the one, so Pam was the one I had for both and she was wonderful. So I was glad that I had her and I knew her for both of them. Okay. Yeah. And then did you deliver at the hospital or at home? Hospital for both. Okay. Yeah. And so with the midwives, like what do they do beforehand? Like I know with an, an OB, you have like all these different OB appointments. Yeah. And then like near the end, you're seeing your OB like once a week type thing. Is it Same things. It's similar. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's funny because um, Tegan's almost well, she'll be two this year. I feel like stuff is already starting to be blurry. Do you find that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait. So how did appointments work? Um, yeah. But it sounds it it sounds like appointment wise they were similar. Um, you can maybe talk on like appointment length. I feel like what I've heard is I never felt rushed or I never felt. I never had to wait either. Really, I, the longest I'd have to wait is maybe 15, 20 minutes. Where I've heard. Some will be appointments. You have to wait a long time. It probably all depends too on who you see, right? Yeah. With the OB, it also depends on like if they had to, like some of them go to the hospital beforehand. Okay. Um, so like if, if they get held up at the hospital, then it might be delayed. But okay. uh, with our OB, like Katie and I have the same OB, um, he was usually on time. I never, I, like I'd have to wait like maybe five minutes for him. Okay. 
Um, so it must you, depend because I've heard yeah. stories with some OBs that you're waiting an hour, sometimes over an hour for them to come for your appointment. Really? Yeah. But but we had like one of the, like, there's like two main ones, uh, maybe three main ones that you really want in, in our city. And okay. we had one the of the main ones. Want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. um, he, I think because he's been in business for a long time, he kind of has a down to a fine art and he like right. answers all your questions before you even get the chance to ask them. Cause like, I would come with all these questions. Just knows. And I'd be, yeah. I'd be like, mm, you answered everything. Right. <laughs> so everyone has the same questions probably. Yeah. He just has a spiel yeah. based on like what's happening. Right. right. Like, he has it down right. to a fine art. So right. At our hospital, OBs, mm-hmm. they're on call, right? So they do a rotating shift at the hospital. Right. Right. Whereas like midwives, like you get whoever you're assigned to, correct? So, yeah. So you're assigned to, and then you have two backup uh, midwives as well. So I think if the two, your main ones, if they're at a birth or they're on call, they can't make it, then yeah, the backup ones are there. But I never had that happen. I always had one of my main ones um, for my appointments and they flip flop. So one week I'd see one or the one appointment I'd see one. The next time I went in, I'd see the other. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Because they'd have access to your file anyways. So it doesn't really matter who you see. And then everyone kind of knows what's happening. Exactly. Okay. And so then with a midwife, like, how did you, did you have to call them to let them know that you were going to the hospital or how did you determine when to call? So that I appreciated that. And again, you can kind of speak what the OB experience was, but they were very explicit with, you know, what numbers to watch for, what to time, just so that you had a really good feel for, okay, when do I need to let you know that things are happening? So with Sadie, I was, I guess, one of the rare experiences where my water did break before anything started. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is rare. Which, yeah, I don't need, I forget what the percentage is, but it's actually pretty low. I, yeah. I'm not sure. I would say like five or 10, but I was going to say 10. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is low. So, yeah. So my water broke super early in the morning. And so I called the midwife. She actually came to our house to check because they can do a check to see if it is in fact amniotic fluid. So she did that check. I was having blood pressure issues throughout my pregnancy. So my blood pressure was starting to ramp up by the end. So she, we went to the hospital I got a bunch of tests done. So they did like the fetal heart monitoring, things like that. Everything was good. So by that time I was having just very, very mild contractions. And so she said, either you can stay from this point on and we can do some drugs to speed things up. Or if you want, you can go home and labor at home. And so I chose to go home. Yeah, I with Sadie, I guess it was kind of almost like a textbook labor and delivery because things just gradually ramped up throughout the day at home. And it's interesting because yeah, um, the one midwife said, call us back and we'll get you ready to go to the hospital when your contractions are five minutes apart. So my husband was on that duty. So he was kind of helping me time them, but it was funny because I would have one really intense contraction and then one sort of gentler contraction so I wasn't counting the gentler ones because in my head, I was like, they can't count because they weren't that bad compared yeah. to the really bad ones. Right. So I probably should have asked that question because I assessed it wrong. <laughs> and so 
what I thought was still like seven, eight minutes apart was actually like three to four minutes apart because those little in-between contractions counted. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So my husband, it got to a point where, and, and Pam did say this, if she gets to the point where she can no longer have a conversation with you, give me a call. So again, so I was timing them like, Jay, I I don't think it's time, but I I don't know how much longer I can do this. And so he called and she said, can I talk to Rhonda? He's like, she can't talk. And she's like, get to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys guys are pretty close. close. Yeah. Yeah. Close. And that, that yeah, that drive was a blur. I still to this day can't remember getting to the hospital. Yeah. So checked in, I think within like less than two hours, she was born. So I got, we got there. I think I was already like seven centimeters dilated. Really? They're like, yeah. They, so they're like, it's a good thing you got here. All I remember was she assessed me. And then all of a sudden it was just like chaos in the room of people coming in and doing stuff. And basically, cause they knew it was any minute that I was going to start pushing. So, which was good. I feel like it was in that sense, a good first birth experience because yeah, the lead up just felt kind of natural and of course painful and intense, but um, it went pretty smooth. And yeah, so I had the one midwife, the other midwife, I think was at another birth. So I had one of like the fill-in midwives with her and she was great. And that fill-in midwife that was with Pam was also at my second birth. It just happened. Oh, really? It also, it just <laughs> happened to fall that way. Yeah. And she was great. She was a very maternal motherly type. So she stayed like right at my head and like was almost like just whispering into my ear. Like it was just was so, you know, just what I needed. She just kept saying, you're okay. Like this, is, you're doing great. And so she was great. So I had such a good experience with that birth. And then with Tegan, I was induced because the same thing. So my uh, blood pressure started going up and then also I had really low amniotic fluid the second time around. So they didn't want me kind of going overdue just with different risks and stuff um, with that low fluid. So I was induced. So for that, I had to stay in the hospital. So I think I was induced like 10 in the morning and with an induction. Did you have an induction for anything? No. Well, I had the C-section, right? C-section. Yeah. Both. For both. Yeah. And then Katie... Actually, this time around, she was offered to be induced. Okay. Uh, and then she said, no, I'm going to wait it out. And then if she didn't have it by a certain date, they were going to induce her. Yeah. Uh, but she ended up not needing that. So. Okay. Yeah. So with the induction, and I've heard this is common, again, it's maybe not everybody, but things do seem to progress fast and furious with an induction. And that was definitely my experience where... It was slow for the first two, three hours where I just kept thinking, you know, maybe it's not working. And you hear stories of that where Mm -hmm. a woman gets induced and it doesn't take. So then they have to get sent home and come back the next day, which I was like, please don't let that happen. Yeah, (laughs) because it's not fun at all. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. And from what I gather, it's kind of awkward and painful. It is because it's almost... I'm not going to be very technical with this, but it's almost like they, it's almost like fake contractions, I think, because it's drug induced. So it's drug induced, trying to speed up your body's natural process. So, and it's interesting because that what was happening with Sadie, where I would have like a big contraction and a small one, big, small, big, small, the same thing started happening with Tegan, but because I was, it was induced instead of them happening um, like two, three minutes apart, they were like one minute apart. 
Oh. So I would like have a really horrible contraction and then like just feel like I was recovering and then happen again. So then they had to dial it back because it was unbearable. And I, you know, wanted to have uh, unmedicated birth and it was getting to the point that I was like, I can't do this. But then they're like, it's too late for an epidural. So yeah. The words <laughs> so that you don't to... want to hear. Right? I know. It's like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so they yeah, turn down the drug. And then, then they started to space out a little more, which was a lot more bearable. Um, and then that was a very fast delivery. So, yeah. So I think things started ramping up. I think they broke my water at one and she was born at three. So things like after they broke my water, it was like, bam, 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 bam. Things just started happening. And yeah, it was, it was intense, but Yeah. So so I think with Tegan, it was like seven minutes of pushing and she was out. So that's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sadie, my first was around like 40 minutes of pushing. So yeah, fast and furious. So with Sadie, was she unmedicated too? Like she was. So you had an unmedicated birth for both of them. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I wanted that. And so that is the biggest difference with a midwife. And I, I might be wrong, but I've heard this is changing, but if you have an epidural, the midwives are still present, but they don't actually deliver the baby once you have the epidural because it's, um, they call it a transfer of care. So once you have that medication, an OB then takes over. Oh, okay. So then the midwife, so the, yeah. So the midwife is still there doing everything else once baby's born but the actual delivery happens by a midwife or by a OB if you have an epidural. Oh, and that could just be at our <laughs> hospital too. Everything's and different I, depending where you live. Yeah. So I think midwives were, are trying to push for that to change. So maybe it's happening now here. I'm not sure, but I know that was something that was going to change. So then after the baby's born, the midwife like looks everything over and... Yeah. So the midwife, yeah, is there for quite a bit afterwards. So with Sadie, that's the thing. So now if I'm remembering back, so with Sadie, she was jaundiced. So we had to stay a couple more days. Most of that was nurses that would come in and do all the checks and stuff um, through the night. Midwife would come in, I think once a day when I was in the hospital, just to double check on things. Um, but yeah, otherwise it was nursing care, which is probably same as with an OB, right? Yeah. It's just the yeah. nurses. And then, uh, like our doctor would come in every morning. He does his rounds, yeah. uh, to check out his patients. Okay. And, uh, so I would see him every morning while I was in the okay. hospital. Yeah. 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 So I think same with the midwife, um, with Tegan, we got to go home. I just stayed one night, Sadie, I think I stayed three nights, so with Tegan, that's what I loved about the midwife care too. And again, I don't know if it's, does it OB come to your house? Probably not. No, the OB no. doesn't come to your house. No. So the midwife comes to your house, which that, if I was going to talk about midwifery and why I loved it so much, it was for that, for that reason. Just as you know, especially first time mom, I was so lost and had no idea what to do with this little newborn. So just the thought of someone coming to my house who knew what they were doing knew what to look for, knew to make sure everything was okay. That was super reassuring. Um, And just, you know, again, just being a new mom, 
the thought of like getting packed up and leaving your house to go to an appointment. I just, I think that would have been tough for me. Yeah. Um, you remember that? <clears throat> so it's funny. I actually, I didn't have high blood pressure when I was pregnant, but with the boys, as soon as I gave birth, my blood pressure went sky high. Really? So yeah. So I actually had to go see the doctor like every other day for the first little bit. So someone would have to drive me because I had a C-section. I couldn't drive. So someone would yeah. have to drive me to the hospital. Uh, luckily, my dad's retired and lives close yeah. by. So my dad would like drive me and my mom or Keith would stay home with uh, the boys. And uh, so I I didn't have to take the boys in, but I did yeah. take the boys in for my six week appointment. Okay. Um, and, but I wanted to get a picture of, of him with the babies. So yeah. So yeah. they came. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. came for that one, but. Um, yeah. So I think I forget the exact number, but I think with midwives, it's the first couple of weeks that they come to your house and then you do start going to an, two appointments at the office. So like how many times would they come? That's a good question. My mind is terrible from remembering things, but um, I want to say, I feel like with Sadie, they came more just because probably like first time mom and because she had jaundice, they wanted to make sure like she was gaining weight and everything. Um, yeah, I want to say they probably came like twice that first, maybe twice each week kind of thing. So maybe four, four visits mm -hmm. if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah. And it is nice just to have that support. I know um I've had a couple friends who've had doulas uh, yeah. come in which they're not so much medical but they can assist you right yes uh, so that's that's something I learned about now that I'm in this postpartum world and I 100% would have taken that uh route if had I known but I learned about it too late it just yeah. sounds great like a birth coach essentially yeah. And well, they can go with you to the hospital, but then they can do some, they do some aftercare too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, helping you out and taking care of mom. Yes. And, uh, I actually have a friend who's a doula, so we will do an episode at some point, but that's cool. we haven't gotten yeah. to it yet. Yeah. I like, yeah. Cause one of my friends had a doula and she said, yeah, the doula would come postpartum and do her laundry or do her dishes basically whatever housework needed to be done she she's like I'm on it that's what I'm gonna do today yeah it's that just, sounds so wonderful it's support for the mom right? right and so it's not so much the medical side of it but like yeah. if you if you needed to take a shower they would hold your baby type thing yes right? so yes. yeah they're there to offer support whether it's in birth like as a birthing coach essentially yeah. or you know at home with aftercare I know but I, wish uh, I had known. Yeah. Like if you don't have support around you, a doula is mm -hmm. a great way, like even just to hire them to come in for the first, you know, once or twice a week for the first for sure. month or something would be a great help. Yeah. Especially when you're not getting any sleep. I know. <laughs> or a little, a little less sleep anyways. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what, what made you decide to go the midwife route? Was it just the aftercare or was it? you know, having an unmedicated birth, you just thought it was a little bit less medical and more holistic, I guess. I honestly, it was my sister that convinced me just, she had her son before I had any kids and she just couldn't say anything bad about that experience. She just raved about it and just felt so supported and then just, again, just a little bit, I had heard about people with uh, OBs 
it just sounded more, yeah, I guess, I don't know if holistic was what drew me to it, but just more attentive care, I guess I would say. Uh, I just liked the idea that you just, it felt very like one-on-one when you were in that appointment with them. And yeah, the after the postpartum care really sounded um, like something that would work well for me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have some friends who've had uh, midwives, uh, but yeah, it just so happened that both Katie and I went the OB route and we yeah. both had the same OB, right? So, right. Yeah. So like when we compare notes as to what he had said to us, right? Yes. Yeah. All the same. So. It's- well, and it's interesting too, because I think every buddy's different with what they respond to because I have a really good friend that had an OB and this OB was very by the book I don't know if it's the same as yours but just very by the book wasn't super sympathetic or like didn't have the greatest bedside manner she would say but just very statistical and would like give her but she loved it because she was such a stats person so she would say like if I do this what are the odds of this and he would have a number she's like oh cool so she love that because she just liked the numbers and she liked the um, scientific side of things where when she was telling me those stories I was like I wouldn't care to know any of that like I'm not a numbers person I'm not a stats person so I liked the more like personable you know that midwife really got to know me and we would sit and just have chats and I would ask about her life she'd ask about my life so I think maybe that's what drew me to it too is just you have that sort of like friend vibe versus the like very medical vibe it's funny so I'm, i was gonna say it might be the same ob yeah because rob also loves stats but he's got a great bedside manner okay like he's very yeah. gentle and um like he was very medical but he you could tell that like number one that he cared about you okay and like even when i would have like when I was pregnant with Caroline like he knew the boys and then the boys came in the one time because I didn't have anyone to take the boys so I had to bring them in and and so that was kind of nice and yeah everyone has different experiences and yeah I'm like you just have to choose what you feel is most comfortable for you for sure Uh, there's no right or wrong way to do it you just have to kind of do your research and decide what you feel is best it's funny though with the twins like I'm sure a midwife might have taken me on but maybe not yeah I I think that's I didn't really consider it yeah (laughs) right because once I found out I was having twins I it was kind of like oh well I guess I have to go with an OB but yeah yeah that's I think that's the case that with twins you likely have to be with an OB yeah it probably depends if you're high high risk or yeah. yeah, you might be able to start care with a midwife and then switch over right. to an OB like if you became high risk. Yep. With mine, they were breach. If I started with the midwife, I probably would have had to go to an OB. Right. So okay. And I know like we our midwives work with our hospitals. Some hospitals don't work with midwives, but there are birthing birthing centers that will work right. with midwives, depending right. on where you live. Yep. So yep. I always wanted to have a hospital birth, even if it was with a midwife. So that was definitely important to me that I wanted to make sure the midwife could be in the hospital. So kudos to the moms that do home births, but that was in my jam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because the thing is, if something goes wrong, at least you're at the hospital. Right. Right. So 
And that, that was always my thinking behind it too. Although, yep. like I said, I kind of didn't, didn't kind of had the option taken away from me, but um, yeah. even when I, when I found out I was pregnant and just kind of off the cuff thinking what I would do, I definitely wanted a hospital birth too. Yeah. In the event that intervention was needed. So. Yes. But like you said, to each, each their own. And yeah. uh, when it comes to birth, you just have to do what you feel is the best route for you. For sure. I feel like looking back to, I didn't do a lot of research when I was pregnant or to prepare for postpartum with Sadie, I kind of was that like ignorance is bliss, I think, which is funny. That's a lot of first time moms. I think. think, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because my friend that had this OB that I was saying, she was the opposite. Like we were pregnant at the same time and I would ask her a question and she would just know everything. I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, I just researched and I just, she just loved learning everything. And I was like, honestly, I just don't really want to know. I just want to go in blind and hope for the best. (laughs) Well, then that's like me. Like I'm research. I research everything. And Katie, like Peter was the one who read the book. Okay. Like she did like nothing. Yeah. Like I think a lot of first time moms, like they're scared to do the research, if that makes sense. Yeah. Then like when it comes to it, get the help if you can take the help and yeah if you don't want to do the research maybe your partner will want to do the research but yeah I think listen to the podcast right I was just gonna say I think research for me was just like talking to people I think that was my research and just so yeah my friend that knew everything she was my research so what do I do for this what do I do for that and she was the one instead I don't know if it's just laziness or just not my style to read things and look things up but I just I'd rather just talk to people and get that human experience of what they did for their birth and pregnancy. Yeah. Again, just everyone's different how they intake information. Right. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way. And the thing is like, you might not have to do as much research if you have a good support network who's done the research for you. Right. 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 So people who've shared their experience, like you said, your sister shared her midwife experience Yeah, and that's what made you decide to go with the midwife. Yeah. And she was my go-to person with everything too. So again, maybe that's why I didn't feel the need to look a lot up because she had already gone through it. Her and I are just very eerily similar too. So her very first birth experience was almost to the hour, the same as mine. So really, kind of creepy. Yeah. So weird. Um, and everything happened the exact same way almost. So yeah, basically I just said, so when this happened, what'd you do? When this happened, what'd you do? And I kind of just took her word for it, which turned out fine because yeah, we had a very similar experience. That's kind of funny. I know. And how much older is her kid than she's three years? Oh, she's three years younger. And then, uh, Emerson's two years older than my, than Sadie. And she's got three, right? Your three boys. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the girls. She's got the boys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good mix because yeah, she would have wanted a girl. We talked about your gender disappointment uh, episode because she definitely had that with her third. And, uh, but she's very thankful and very happy that I have the girls and she's already forming such a really cool bond with them. So that's cool to see. It's nice when you can kind of like take something and spin it around. Right. Right. And it helps that you know, you guys are close and yep. she lives close by and yeah. Yeah. Right? No, it's so great. You it's guys really get to raise everybody together. Right. Yes. 
Yeah. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. We're excited to eventually see each other again. It's, it's tough during these times. The cousins <sighs> really miss each other. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. No problem. No problem. And thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.